Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Slamfire Radio episode 414. Today is July 22nd, 2021. I'm one of your hosts, Kyle. Oh, and I'm Kelly. I don't have the show notes up. So. Oh, and I'm Adriel. <laughs> oh, and I'm Mo. Oh. <laughs> and there we go. Oh, Matching oh. and everything. It's everybody. Oh. Hey guys. <laughs> Hello, Kelly. Mo, did you miss me? Very much. I see. He said that he was going to miss me while I was a few minutes late. So, hi. Oh. <laughs> I'm fashionably late. Anyways, all right. That was a good interview. It was. Yeah. yeah. Those- I like all their uh, their stuff prepped in the back there. They can just like, oh, yeah, just like this. Oh. Yeah, this stock over okay. here. Oh, yeah. oh like for sure. Over yeah. Here. yeah. They are yeah. super cool. Not only that, they know their stuff. And not only that, they're Canadian. And not only that, they're from Alberta. And not only that, they have, they're open to doing other things. That's yeah. not only that. But it's interesting. And one of the most interesting things that I heard from that interview was, oh, by the way, you'll hear about this in the interview that's coming up. <laughs> 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 but one of the most interesting things that those guys had to do or had to say was that everybody wants the old school. They don't want yeah. something nice and fancy. Yeah. They don't want the fancy. Well, I mean, how can you call walnut not fancy, but they don't want the ultra fancy. They just like the zebra. The I would be yeah. all over that. that Same. Was very cool. But you want like for a Lee Enfield, you want it to look like the original one. Like, would you buy an M one grand with like a candy pink glossy stock? Okay. On it? Not pink. However, <laughs> no, but I buy one with zebra wood. Yeah. Zebra wood? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I think I'd rather just have an original like, looking one. Like some I of really those like exotic mine. woods. I'd be all over that. Yeah. I'd get an because exotic the... wood on my hunting rifle. Hmm. You're hmm. one of those. No. <laughs> no. no. Okay. You're I'm, also, wrong. I'm wrong. You're also a guy that has nice shiny red. You have grips, grips, grips on, on my shadow too. Yeah, on the shadow yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like you're an oxymoron walking my shadow two is not a hundred years old though no it's true but i think that if you could actually you could have a beautiful well done nice wood but it's fancy see nice wood grips from these guys for your cz Mm. now they were saying 1911 which is i have two 1911s colt 1911 Okay. Same, well, let's same, get into same, same block of wood. Okay. Well, let's get into what we did with guns. What we did with guns is brought to you by the Calgary Shooting Center, Canada's premier retail firearm retailer. And I was hoping, I was looking on the website, I was hoping this was going to be featured. They have a bunch of, uh, or is he the ones? The Sig P210 Target. <laughs> this is a fancy nine millimeter. <laughs> Here. Baby, this guy. That's yeah, okay. their I was looking at the, the different ones. 
the different one. Which one were you looking at? Uh, I still have that page. Uh, yeah, they have a whole bunch of P210s. Like they have one oh. here, it's seventy five hundred dollars. Oh yeah, the Basel police Woo. surplus handgun. Like yeah. Okay, so Simpack, Simpatch. Wow. That's pure. That's actually oh, that's pretty, another. Yeah. That's yeah. Pretty. So basically, they have a bunch of these P210s. Just dash three, dash one. Dash six and yeah, there's a whole bunch of them on there. The sight adjustment tool is five hundred and seventy nine dollars. <laughs> Just use a hammer Ooh. and a drift. <laughs> wow, seventy five hundred dollar gun though. Put some tape over the drift. Come on, <laughs> a little bit of masking tape, plastic, brass, whatever. Yeah, oh, masking tape. Mm. Mm. Pricey, right. yeah, yeah, pricey but fancy. Cool. Good. Mm-hmm. All right, and let's start out. Kelly, what did you do this week? I did a couple of things this week. What did I do? Oh, yeah. Remember? Maple seeds. Yeah, my brain. Uh, we went to Sitzville. Uh, Sitzville is just outside of Ottawa, and we had two maple seed events, just have to say. Great weekend. It was really hot. And I mean, when I mean hot, I mean it was hot and sunny uh, on the Sunday, but it was hot and super muggy. Like, gross on saturday but we had lots and lots and lots and lots and i mean lots of riflemen and then we also had some great metrics as well adriel you have the best numbers (laughs) we've got numbers the best numbers (laughs) yeah so we had uh when we're talking about metrics what we do is we take their baseline target at the beginning of the day get them to shoot it and then we do another target that's exactly the same. We get to shoot it, and then we compare the two. And, yeah, my groups, Ontario, are better shooters than Alberta. Or what does that mean? We're Means comparing. They- we're comparing. So the start of the day to the end of the day, how much do they improve? And right, right now, the competition is between Kelly and I to see who improves the most people the most. Is that is that the competition? Yeah, that would be Sounds like good. It. Yeah. Mm. So what I'm I thinking think- is... Ontario are better shooters uh, or are Ontario, do they suck when they come and then they are better at the end? Mm. Well, see, that's where my question is. Cause you know, if you know nothing and then yeah, you're going to, you're from knowing nothing to going for the, through a weekend is well, going to be your, I'm going to, I'm going to tell them to shoot the morning standing. <laughs> I'd like to compare. Hold on a second. I was, I, I, on Saturday, they shot it. I went, oh, my gosh. I said, well, we have room to grow here. And then at the end of the day, I said, I got them to shoot it again. I said, by the way, this is this is for a competition between Adriel and I. There were some listeners there, too. And they were going, oh, crap. What are you getting? I said, a sandwich. And they were going, no, seriously, what are you getting? I said, a sandwich. And they are going, how are you going to get it? I said, he's going to mail it to me. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're going to be down here in August, right? I see our cutoff date is August. That's our like interim. Who's winning so far? We do the sandwich then. Okay. Sure. I'd like to see these starting sheets when they first walk in there because it's like boiling water. You don't start off with warm water to boil water. You start off with oh, we cold get that. water to get it hot. Yeah, we get that. Yeah, we, we get yeah, that. So it's, it's the comparison between their morning uh, target and their last target that they shoot. 
Right. I'm so, going gonna, gonna to ask my shooters to shoot their standing in the morning, though. I was thinking about that on Sunday. Okay. Everybody choose a position. My recommended position would be standing. <laughs> <laughs> Just so that I get the most ben- the most uh, yeah. uh, optimization through the day. And no, it, I didn't do that. I said, no, this has to be fair. And these guys, they were good shooters. Saturday and Sunday, we had uh, two full lines of really, really good shooters. So it was interesting to see. We had, um, I think we had eight in total, maybe nine riflemen as well. And yeah, it was it was really, really good time. Uh, I, the IITs, which are the instructors in training, they were all on point. They were awesome. And again, it was really, really hot. So we took lots of breaks. Um, but we also shot a lot as well. And then on Saturday, we were so in tune with everything. The f- everything was flowing that uh, typically we'll shoot until five o'clock. We'll clean up. We'll get out of there at 630 or so. By the time we get to the restaurant to have a debrief and something to eat, we were done and out of there by 430. It was awesome. Very nice. Yeah. That's easier to do with a smaller group, too. So uh, one of the things, so we had, I had opened up the lines for both days. So we added people to it. Uh, We went from 10 plus the instructors to 15 plus the instructors. And where'd you get the extra people? Were they just like hanging around on the other range? Did you just go to the other bays and be like, yo, you want to shoot maple seed? Do you like rummage up people who are like hanging around When Ontario went downtown, anyone's like waiting beside Mm -hmm. the street, like, yo, learn how to shoot. Mm Mm-hmm. When Ontario went to stage two, I added it to I added it to our event by pages, and then I published it. I said we got more people, we got more people on the line, so more spots. So we sold out in literally minutes. But the sad thing about that is, we had a full line the morning of, and then people just didn't show up. Four people on both days. I'm going really because <sighs> we would have had anyways. It's okay, and Stitzville are amazing. Mm-hmm. Stitzville range is amazing. They set up target backers for us. They, the range is the range that is used by JTF as well as the law enforcement. So it's quite secluded, and it's a nice big range. The only thing is that on one side of the range, you could literally go up to your knees and muck. So we had we only shot on half the range. So good. It was a really fun weekend as well. It's probably. Uh, no, I'm not going to say it's one of the best because I keep saying that every time we have a we have a shoot. It has to best shoot yet. Yeah, best, best shoot ever. Yet. It's got like Apple, the best mm-hmm. iPhone ever. Ever. Uh, yeah, so it was a lot of fun. And the feedback that we've been getting from the people that attended as well said that they had so much fun there as well. Uh, one of the things that I've been doing all this week is getting ready for, well, I, Adriel kind of mentioned he says I'm going to be in Alberta, but... I'm going to be in Melbourne next month at the end of the month, but in Ontario, as of it's next week, we're going to be starting the calendar shoot. So lots of effort and planning has been going into that with the ladies from the CCFR. So I've been meeting with them, uh, also contacting the people that were uh, are cooperating or helping us with props and, and uh, different areas to shoot and locations as well as guns and things. So, been a lot of effort with that and then also with maple seed i've talked to adriel a couple of times by the way adriel thank you very much for doing my new bio i appreciate it 
I just gave you a start. <laughs> no, no, that's complete. I sent it back <laughs> to you. <laughs> Adriel sent me a message saying, I'm getting tired of waiting for you to do your updated bio. I've done it for you. I said, perfect, thanks. You wrote your bio? Nice. <laughs> I said, I was so far behind on stuff. That wasn't even on the priority list. So thank you. Yeah. So that's it. That's all that I did. Mo. Oh, and one other thing, I finally got on Ipsic Ontario, like as of yesterday. So it was hmm. awesome. It so you can, log in, you can log in and everything now? Yeah, I need, uh, there were some issues with me receiving my password and uh, login. So finally got it. Excellent. Awesome. Yay. Well, uh, I shot two Ipsic matches on the weekend. It was my first time doing back to back on Saturday was in Smith's Falls. Ontario. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was my first time at that range and at that town. It was a nice little town. It was actually bigger than I thought because they, they had a Walmart. So that's how I judge small towns. If they have a Walmart, they're not that small. <laughs> um, it was six stages. It was, it was fun, challenging, a uh, good group of people. And uh, I stuck around after for the teardown. Mm -hmm. And uh, then on Sunday, was in Cornwall, Ontario, and uh, that was also uh, six stages. And then I learned between the two days that I was, I was that I have to start putting more focus on the the bigger stages, like the, the thirty two rounders and stuff, because I find that I'm not uh, setting up a good plan for them. And then it becomes this uh, this just focus on trying to hit everything and make sure that I don't get any like procedural penalties and stuff, or for not engaging. Mm -hmm. um, so that's something I'm going to be working on going forward. Um, I shot my, my friend Louie was there with his wife again and, uh, we, we hung out and it was all, it's always nice seeing them. Uh, they were there actually at both, at both, um, at both matches. Um, in total, I ended up driving, uh, close to nine hours between the, the two days, like back and forth. So it was a bit of a grind that way, but I, I did enjoy it. Sorry. Not bad. I, th yeah. I think you Kelly, and I all all drove about <laughs> about that this weekend. Yeah, yeah, like that that wore me up. Then plus, obviously, the humidity of being out there and stuff, and it's like, oh, um, over over two days. That's not bad. That's not. Yeah, I guess it's not bad. I guess it's not bad. Mm. Um, and then I ordered some uh, um, swivel studs for my ten twenty two because I realized that it's a pretty basic one that doesn't have uh sling mounts uh, and i was talking to adriel about it. he told me that to, you know they're that they're cheap and you could just you know put them on so i got those my um my shooting mat came from cabela's so i have all that stuff ready for the for my maple seed in on the 15th uh, yeah on the 15th august so you're definitely gonna i think you're gonna beat adriel that day because i'm gonna go from horrible to not so bad okay so <laughs> i think you'll be fine You'll be, uh, you'll be putty in my hands. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, the last thing for me, I was going to the weekend of the 31st and like the end of the month, I was, I was, I'm going back to Ontario to visit with family and friends and stuff. And I was going to take the weekend off from shooting, but then I'm like, I got the itch and I'm like, okay, I have to fit in a match somewhere. So there was a match in, in Hamilton, Ontario that isn't too far from where I'm going to be. So I'm on the waiting list for that. Like I signed up for a bunch of spots. So hopefully I can get in for, for that one. And um, that's really it for me. How about you, Adriel? 
<clears throat> I did a bunch of stuff. Uh, let's see. Double Lethbridge maple seats. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Saturday was hot. Mm-hmm. Now, Lethbridge has this, they have like this action base. So Leth- Lethbridge is, their range is very close to town, very close to town, uh, which is super convenient. Uh, but because it's close to town, they have like lots of those sky baffles to make sure that uh, any errant rounds wouldn't go into town. Uh, the bay that we were on was their like, I think it's like their action bay. You can like move forward of the firing line, that kind of thing. So they mm-hmm. have baffles all across the bay, which on a hot day, fantastic because yeah. they give shade, right? Sun comes in, boom, like excellent, excellent shade uh, from those uh, those sky baffles. So that was really nice. But it was still really hot. It was still like 34, which in Alberta temperature is like 40 for Ontarians. I think that's the conversion <laughs> rate between those. It's like cat ears, but like yeah. in yeah. heat. It's yeah. Sounds right. Yeah. yeah. It's a dry heat. You should be able to go. No, it was not. It was not uh, a dry 45, heat. 45. And was, then it'd be like, you know, Ontario's 30. Mm, it was uh it was hot anyways and our shooters mm-hmm. were starting to uh melt starting to melt by the yeah. end of the day yeah, yeah. there's a couple of people who had to just sit off to the side because it was just it was mm-hmm. it was too much yeah um second day um it got real smoky because so you know bc's on fire as as it usually yeah. is this time of year and uh so the smoke blew in which was fantastic because that smoke column was so high up into the sky no sunlight got through and it was actually nice and cool on, on yeah. day two because it just stopped the sun from coming to us. So that's hard what to we breathe. Need. Yeah, it's hard to breathe, but that's what we need. We need smog and smoke so that we can actually cut out mm-hmm. the sun and therefore mm-hmm. it won't be too overly hot and oppressive. Yeah, yeah. Oppressively so let's start, hot. So let's start yeah. some lighting some fires then. Hmm. I don't think we need to. I think BC no. will just like self-immolate uh, on its own. It seems to uh, seems to do that fairly easily. It goes, it goes up rarely. Yeah, and then uh, so one thing happened at uh, at that maple seed that uh, that really had me puzzled. So okay. um, I had one uh, a, a junior shooter running on a, on my red dot uh, gray birch twelve inch barrel ten twenty two. Which like I I I pull that thing out at, at everything. I pull it out to like ladies' days. I pull out maple seeds because it's red dot. It's got a very I've taken out all the shims, so it's got a very short length of pull. So oh, for yeah. a kid or someone who's got short arms, it's fantastic. It's easy to use. Everyone loves shooting red dot. Uh, and I've I've been running it for for a while. It's run fine. Uh, that day we shot it. Um, uh, we were wondering what accuracy. So in the morning I I fired a couple rounds out of it, uh, and uh, it's punching nice. You know half inch groups at uh, at 25 so that's all looking good i set it in and then towards the end of the day it started not and it, and uh, i thought like oh the the shooter like maybe maybe they were wearing down and then uh as i was scoring the second mqts because covid's over and therefore i can score mqts again uh i was scoring the second mqts i took a look at a piece of paper and there's keyholes in it there's bullets uh, going sideways into the paper yes. and i was watching say so, like what's going on here so i'm looking and i'm seeing like strikes on the ground strikes on the right i'm like oh maybe he's getting tired like something's weird i thought the muzzle device was loose or and it was like striking that so uh in between uh i grabbed that red dot gave it a shake nope it's on there solid i gave get, grab that muzzle device nope that's solid this the action solid on there nothing is like lining up with why this thing i thought oh maybe maybe the red dot gave up the ghost like maybe the the adjustments out yeah but it was too late in the day uh hey, where, like he was yeah did you look down the barrel uh i did when i got home 
<laughs> yeah. What was the problem yeah. there, Daryl? Uh, there was a uh, uh, a little bit of lead. Uh, <laughs> a little wait, bit. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me take that out of there. And let me share that guy. Yeah, there was a little bit of lead. Now this looks like oh yeah, it's just like a surface. That is not a surface. That is a buildup. And there's a ring of lead um, about three inches ahead of the chamber. About three yeah. inches ahead of where the bullet would be in the chamber. That ring of lead was constricting the bullet so much that they were not engaging the rifling after that. And they were just, just pinballing Stumbling. down the barrel. Yeah. And, uh, and pinballing afterwards. Uh, now I have lots of rifle. I have, I checked all my other rifles. None of the other ones had this happening, uh, to clean this one out. I had to run a brass rod down it to ram out that lead because I could not get a brush in there. So I had to ram out that lead ring first and like scrape it out. Then I got my brush and it like was not having it. So I got the brush. I got a rod. I chucked it up on my drill. I <laughs> power drill going through there. That did the trick. Uh, yeah. And then a couple more sweeps and, and she was cleared out. And there was, there's no like, there's no defect or anything like that on the inter interior of the barrel. Like that might be causing it. Like maybe like a, a really bad scratch or a bump or something like that. Nope. No such. Just uh just build up. extremely heavy buildup that uh, so, uh that totally ruined the right This is one thing. of the loners, yes, obviously. Yes. So, uh, what, what ammo are you using? Yeah. Uh, normally or that that day, okay, that day, Thunderbolt Remington Thunderbolt. And I don't like Thunderbolt because it's dirty, it is, and uh, this dirty sometimes. I, I, I'd like to throw one idea out there, okay, it's really hot. The lube on that thing, maybe did maybe it doesn't like the heat. Maybe the lube on that on those bullets does not like the heat, and you shoot it, and it just leads. It just leads the crap out of the barrel because it's just too hot. Maybe that's yeah. it. It's black soft. black carbon fiber barrel picking mm -hmm. up heat from the sun. Mm -hmm. Bullets going in there, lube melting, mm -hmm. pure lead depositing inside there, and eventually just. It's the perfect storm. Maybe, maybe, maybe. yeah, yeah. It, but, 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 Thunderbolt's crap anyways, because it's dirty. We all know yeah. that. Yeah. Right, Luke? Yeah, it's pretty dirty. Just... Yeah, right, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> Luke's, a Luke's, he loves Luke's one of our listeners. He's a uh, Thunderbolt apologist, I think. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <so> apologist. <laughs> yeah, he loves it. Yeah. But that's yeah. fine. He, it works well in his gun. And it's cheap, so. Uh, Maybe if you shoot it in 35 with a black barrel and it gets hot and then the lube melts off and it, and it doesn't shoot so good. Yeah. Maybe that's it, yeah. But that's what we typically see, too. We also, when it's that hot and with black guns and especially if we're shooting like three, 400 rounds, almost 400 rounds, you get really gross, dirty buildup in your, your barrel anyways. You have some issues. And I usually like that. That's like... But that's, that's grody. That's like a lot. Uh, yeah. One of the I forgot to mention it. One of the shooters that was on the line. I I told you there was a few listeners. So one of the shooters he had the Gray Birch Solutions barrel slash Hunter X twenty two slash too many trigger. He bought mm -hmm. the kit. So, uh, but with the barrel and when he went to go and mount it, he had a lot of play with this receiver in the stock so what he did he was listening to the show and he listened to or no sorry he saw your blog Video? about it your recommendation so he aluminum? Took, yeah aluminum beer, so, beer so or what, pop cans <laughs> probably pop anyways so when he was on the line i was looking at him 
and I was looking at his barrel significant there was no droop to that barrel whatsoever <laughs> it got to the point where i'm looking at it i'm going did he flip on the x22 stock did he flip it over so that he could bend it correctly he said and i looked and he did i'm going but you your barrel is still elevated it's on a it's on a it's up ish for better that's anyways. how you get more moa out of that gun <laughs> Yeah. You don't get yeah. a rail. You don't get rings. You put the aluminum in there. Yeah. And you get that so pointing up. I asked him. I said, "Did you did you flip uh, on the X twenty two stock? If you're mounting a bull barrel, you can flip part of it over so you can bet it correctly." And he goes, "Yeah, I did that." And he's but he said there was a lot of shim. So the hunting gear guy, I said, mm-hmm. <laughs> he said to do this, and he flipped it over. I'm going. Yeah, that's an Adriel special right there. That guy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but he it worked and he scored rifleman and Good. It, yeah, it and he's ready for CRPS because he's got lots of elevation in that yeah, barrel. He, he can fire a long range with that thing as long <laughs> as he can zero it in. Patrick was uh he's watching and he he was there too and he actually scored rifleman and he's coming on as a is an IIT, which is an instructor in training too. So hi, Patrick. And Kelly is there. Oh. She was there too. Kelly Square, we do everything together. Oh, by the way, but I forgot to mention, went out shooting last night for skeet night. We're back at skeet. It was awesome. Good. Kelly nice. beat my pants, but I did not bad and did half decent. And yeah, we're back at it. Oh, I love our skeet cool. nights where we can shoot things and take out our aggressions. <laughs> On the clays. <laughs> on the clays. Oh, yeah. Let's shoot things and take out our aggression on our clays, not each other yeah. or things. <laughs> Anyways, pull a Dick Daney. Yeah, I totally interrupted you and took over just like Trevor does. That's all right. So, I do that every once in a while. I forget stuff and then I got to I gotta come back. Okay. Uh, donut of lead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Donut of lead. Yeah, it was cool. <laughs> it was a cool, uh, cool maple seed. I hadn't been to, down to uh, Lethbridge before, so... That's my far south uh, Alberta uh, trip. Yeah, yeah. Um, while I was there, I was talking with Steve, who's another uh, maple seed instructor, and we're talking about like GoPros and that kind of thing. I'm like, yeah, I got one. The mic died on it, but it's 4K, so I just use that and I shoot with my camera. And then I got like synchronized. He's like, dude, just buy another GoPro. I'm like, you know what? You're right. So I did. You did. Yeah, I bought a a GoPro Silver, which is like nice. a cheaper one, but like it was 200 new. I probably should have asked like Kyle if he had like a, an old one hanging around because he's probably got like five. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then and then I was on uh, I was on the Instagrams and I watched uh, Taylor, who's another three gunner and Ipsic shooter here in Alberta, and he had like some sort of hat mount. I'm like, how'd you do your hat mount? I want to do one of those. And he showed me what he did. And I'm like, okay, cool, drill a hole, got it. And then I uh, I took that idea and I, I went a little bit further than that because uh, I wanted like did you a your hat. Uh, basically I drilled it. So if you, uh, if you see there, Oh, that's real hard oh, to, yeah. to show. Oh, oh, it's there got it like a square hole in it. And that nice. square hole matches up with this guy here and then sticks up from the bottom. And I just, here, look, look at this solution. I just stick a, there's an old paintbrush from one of my wow. kids. Oh, I stuck it into the hat. That would so bother me. I've seen guys do that. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. Genius. He just holds it. And he just holds it in there. <laughs> I got a super tight hat, so it'll sit nice and low, and uh, it's good to go. 
Yeah. So now I just this is this is just the GoPro hat. I just chuck this into my bag and because uh, before I, I had like the head strap thing. It looks stupid. I look like a nerd. I don't like that. I want something cool. And, and it's stable. Yeah, and it's because, stable like that. Yeah, because I, I so I gave it to one of my kids and I, I like had them like run around and do somersaults. I'm like try to get it off just by like not touching it, but you can do anything else. And they were like going crazy and they couldn't get it off. <laughs> okay, so it's been kid tested. Good, good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kid can't get it off. I'm not gonna be able to get it off doing right. three gun stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So See, I, uh I actually mm-hmm. screwed drilled through the beak and actually screwed the uh, mount itself with like the sex bolts and I was and considering that. that the like, the like I did that clip thing, right? Like uh like not the tie wrap that uh Taylor did, but like the actual things, sex bolts. Right? Yeah. And I drilled yeah. through it, countersunk, drilled that through and mounted my uh session five. That's why I run on my hat is a session five. So I was even older than it, yours. But the stick, the stick. <laughs> so quick. No, uh, I'm waving to you. Well, they talk hats. Hi. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I like I like hacking stuff. So even though I've got like all this other like stuff that that I could have used for it, I I drilled a hole in a hat. Uh, let's see. I hit the range last night. Uh, before that, I went to Cabela's just to see. I was looking at that Cabela's Covenant Seven. It's on sale again. Yeah, I was looking at that. I played with one, and the dials were broken on it. I'm like, hmm, that's not <laughs> a very good sign. No. And then I was playing with their. They have a. I will replace it for free. Hundred dollar one. Yeah, but you know the te- having a broken on the tester is just not a not a super good sign for me. Mm, uh, yeah, that's true. But how many people yeah. test it? How many people? How many people lots. have touched Probably it? Probably lots. Without washing their hands in COVID. Don't care. Oh, <laughs> don't care. COVID's over. Sorry. Uh, okay. COVID's not over. <laughs> you keep telling me that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's not over. We're that, still yeah. Ontario's. Never mind. That's not, that's a, that's some Ontario thing. Sorry, in Alberta, it's over. Not your uh, problem. I was looking right? at the uh, the Vortex Venom five to twenty five, something like that. Yeah. I don't have a use for it though. Like that's the thing. I'm like, maybe I want like a a cool medium quality scope because I've got like a twelve hundred dollar FFP scope. It's yeah, pretty yeah. nice. Maybe I want like a medium quality one, but every time I look at them, I'm just like, ah, what would I even put this on? So I, I, I didn't buy anything. But I, what I did get is uh, I got a Vortex extra high 30 millimeter ring to mount my Aimpoint Pro 2, uh, which is my red dot. So when I was at the range, one of the things that was going through my mind is I'm using a Nikon P series mount for that thing. It's a little bit spindly. It's a little bit, sp- and it doesn't have a great clamp on it. So one of the things that was going through my mind when I was having the accuracy issues the other day at uh, Battle of Alberta was maybe it's the mount, probably not the mount, but maybe. So I I got this because it's a stronger mount. It's stronger. It's not. It's not uh, cantilever- cantilevered. It's just straight up and down. But who cares? It's going at the forward end of the receiver, anyways. So pop that on. Uh, hit the range <laughs> when I when I got to the range I went to the bay and immediately the the, the other there was only one guy at the bay there because I we got there kind of late uh, he's a he's a maple cedar from the last maple seed I taught at uh, at Chaz and he was practicing his standing and uh, and prone positions with uh, with maple seed which is kind of cool to see uh, ran the big big bags in the ten twenty two so I've got uh, I've got that adapter for the ten twenty two that allows it to run the five nine seven mags ran those the adapter ran flawlessly the mags sometimes would bind up like the ammo just wouldn't like go up in the mags which is like a mag issue uh but uh adapter ran fine either i got i got a couple of mags all the way through 
and uh feels good feels good to just crank ammo out of a 1022 again like just like we used to back in the olden days uh and then i shot the wk 180c nine millimeter conversion kit uh this is pretty early i think this is like their absolute like first ones out the door and there was a couple things i ran into with uh uh firing pin not being quite long enough for for some ammo so it just wouldn't like punch them hard enough so i sent them some feedback on uh, on some improvements that they can make and uh hopefully we get those in this weekend coming up i've got a double header again of maple seed uh this time it's Chaz and sherwood park so local to me no uh no van camping and uh and showering in the parking lot unnecessary for these but it might anyways just because that's kind of the person i am did you get the uh, shower I got the hanging shower thing. Yeah. Tell you what though, on a Sandy range, when you, when you're wearing shorts and you've got a uh, sunblock on your legs and you're on a Sandy range, your legs get filthy, like nasty, filthy <laughs> and showering them off with that, that like black bag camping thing. Just a dream, just a dream. And getting your, just like your head just showering off. Cause it's like, it's, it's 34 and you're all dirty and sweaty and nasty. And just to like yeah. do a quick shower. Oh, so good. So good. We'll do again. We'll do again, definitely. <laughs> the van camping otherwise is fantastic. Screen windows and everything. Beautiful. Beautiful. Oh dear. <laughs> I talk too much about van camping. This is this is becoming my calm free, so I'll have to uh, Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> I'll have to pass this on to uh, to Kyle. Well, on the weekend I shot the Bill Brownley Challenge at Wapti Shooters Club Sporting Clay match. How was that? Uh it was it was a good match. The targets were really good. Uh, didn't see. It seemed like there was a lot of people struggling, but even then, looking at the targets, it didn't seem that difficult. But I mean, I struggled too. But the, the master class shooters, there was some of the scores coming in on some of the stages were like, oh, what what happened there? But it was an awesome match. I shot the main event, super sporting, and the true pair game, and. Basically, I suck. I, oh. I suck at sporting kids. <laughs> <laughs> How do you measure that? Hmm? How is that measured? Uh, by percentage, because with sporting clays, you can have 100%. Okay. So yeah. it's by percentage. And yeah, no, I. No, I want to know how you measured your suckitude. How my suckitude? Did, um, anyone, did anyone get 100%? My average sucks i shot below my average <laughs> oh okay so, it, wasn't, it was not a good day however that being said you, oh, went out, fun. you went out the range you had fun yeah. and you were shooting yeah and the squad i had i had a text earlier in the week from a guy that was reaching out for like three gun and he's just so enthusiastic about shooting and asking if i had a squad said no so okay went shot with them and they are known as the loud squad <laughs> but they're i'm okay with okay cool yeah no i'll shoot with different people it was, it was really good and they they definitely helped make the suck more bearable like they they, <laughs> the suck, they constantly suck had me laughing no matter how frustrated i got they they got me laughing so hats off to them because yeah they uh, made the suck more bearable uh highlights of the match probably the food so Friday night they did a meet they like always they do like a meet and greet and so what Lyle did was he did a like a Cajun seafood boil 
Mm. Oh, that was good. Shrimp, scallops, whole peppers, onions, all boiled in like a one of those can cookers. Spread out, and then there was smoked sausage and brisket. They, oh, so good. And then Saturday night, we Lyle did up a, a smoked bri- uh, prime rib. So that was, once again, good. And then brisket sandwiches on Sunday. So the food was definitely a highlight. And a lot of sponsors came out for this match, too. and Because it was more or less like a, a fundraising thing for for the club. We weren't putting any money into it. And so like a lot of sponsors came out and donated on the prize table and just made it amazing. It was an awesome weekend just hanging out, having a fire Saturday night, having some drinks, shooting some clays. And yeah, so it was really good. No matter how much I sucked. <laughs> and I finally renewed my Ipsic membership. So I'm actually looking to register for some matches, looking at like Fort Mac, uh, beginning of August, August 7th, 8th, uh, Saskatchewan Provincials at, in September. And I think the following week is Chaz. So I'm, those are ones I'm really looking at. Uh, just just going the ones to. close by then, eh? <laughs> I'll just go for a little drive to Fort Mac, maybe Saskatchewan, you know. <laughs> Just down the road from yeah, me. You know, the, the, the close ones, yeah. <laughs> so so we'll how, how far is the Fort Mac drive for you? It's about seven hours. <laughs> oh. Oh, and I was complaining about nine. Okay, I got it. Saskatchewan's no. probably closer. How long? <laughs> no, no. Saskatchewan is down in Regina. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's pretty far. Yeah, like that's six hours from Calgary, and I'm seven hours from Calgary. So Chaz is about five hours. Close so, one there, yeah. Backyard, yeah. That's what I was saying. Like nine hours. That's that over two. Yeah, days. now, yeah, bad. now it feels like nothing. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> but that's about it for me. So then we can get into upcoming events, up which is sponsored by Telos Alpha. Telos Alpha is a Canadian digital agency that works exclusively in the firearms vertical. They help the business process strategic planning, websites, e-commerce, and battling the stigma the industry carries with banks, merchant processors, and social media. Learn more at telosalpha.com. And for upcoming events, we have a few here. Uh, Upcoming Maple Seeds with tickets, spots available, is Woodstock, New Brunswick on August 8th. Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan. Quit typing. (laughs) landing on august 14th regina august 15th cornwall ontario august 15th and sign up on mapleseedrifleman.com yep when you're typing the flag is like covering the line above Uh, he's easily distracted (laughs) saskatchewan landing that's a place yep yeah guess which province it's in ontario Ontario. I like how you both got that. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yes, that's one of our Saskatchewan yeah. events. Somebody was asking about BC if we're going to be doing something in BC anytime soon. Uh, and... It can't be on fire. That's a prerequisite for Maple Seed. Mm-hmm. The range can't be on fire uh, or or be under threat of being on fire. That is correct. So isn't that mm-hmm. after the entertainment? No. Although we have had events where we've had tornadoes and hurricanes. Just saying. Okay. I was oh I was at the range last night 
And there was a tornado warning just south of me for a storm that was going north towards me. <laughs> mm. I think so this has least. to do with you, you know, because last year it always rained during my events. Mm-hmm. Actually, up until last year, how about that? It's always rained at uh, the events that I go to and not just a little, il pleut, it like storms, right? <laughs> and hurricanes and tornadoes. We had four tornadoes last year. So. Mm-hmm. I think it's going your way. I think you're bringing the rain and I'm bringing the sunshine because I'm happy and a sunshiny <laughs> personality, apparently. Mm, I think it's going to be fine. This weekend's going to be great. you out. Yeah. <laughs> Sunny, cloudy with showers. It's probably not even going to rain. No. It's going to be a sprinkle of snow. <laughs> it's Sorry, we're way off topic. It can, it can happen. Yeah. Okay, but no, okay. somebody, some no, somebody was asking about BC. BC will up be up and running. We had to cancel a couple of the events because of COVID, and also Adriel's fire right, because of the fires. We BC's weren't able fire. because Kamloops was literally on fire during our event. So it's on fire right now. Yes, BC is made of wood. BC is yeah. a wood province, and uh, yeah. it's dry, and it's very on fire. dry. Okay, yeah. Okay, WPRC in Woodstock, New Brunswick, register now and save the date. On Saturday, August 7th, 2021 at 9 a.m., WPRC will be hosting its first ever ladies-only event. Guns and Heels partnered with the CCFR and the Gun Dealer. It's also sponsored by Curry's and Canadian Tire Woodstock. Ladies, Guns and Heels will provide a safe and enjoyable setting for you to receive instruction and try a variety of firearms in various calibers, including 22, 9mm, and 45 ACP. Uh, 38 special revolvers, 12 and 20 gauge, 12 and 20 have... gauge shotguns, and rifles such as 22, 223, 308, and SKS. Eye and ear protection will be provided. Registration is 50 bucks. Uh, meal by Bridget's Catering is included. Please pre-register by Friday, July 23rd to aid in pre- preparations for this event. But don't wait too long as space is limited. To register, send your name and an e-transfer of $50 to WPRC2005 at gmail.com. And you, for your security answer, use WPRC2005 in lowercase. Tell that person to set up auto deposit. Right? Yeah. Anyways, the catered meal is going to be lasagna. I don't like auto deposit. Lasagna? Lasagna? Mm -hmm. At the range. Lasagna. At the range. There is still spaces available, so go and do it. Ontario. Oh, that's one thing. I said Ontario last year, Woodstock, Ontario. Or not last year. See? Last show. <laughs> last show. It's not Woodstock, Ontario. It's Woodstock, New Brunswick. I don't know why I mm. said Ontario. I don't know. It's New Brunswick. you're from Ontario? And then stick around because the next day dot, is dot, Project dot. Maple Sea there okay. in Woodstock, ah, New Brunswick. Go and double header. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, watch for release Ottawa and Trenton upcoming Ladies Days. Yeah. Working on those. Those were this week too. Working on Lower Trent Valley, which is going to be here in Trenton. So I will be there along with Kelly and Tracy Wilson, I think. 
So that's going to be happening in September. And then we also have EOSC, which is in Ottawa. We're going to be, that's going to be happening at the end of August. And we're going to release that really soon too. So I'll get the details out for next week. Ladies days. Y'all. Take the ladies to the range. You know, one of the cool things yeah. about ladies days is like when a group of ladies, like they all go at once, there's like five or like yeah. 10 of them. And they just like, they show up There's They got like, they swap mm-hmm. their phones around to like videotape each other. And that's like, that's their event. Yeah. They, yeah. they bring the squad. Yeah. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and that's they, awesome. wanted, they, they want the targets and they want it. We, it's just like, you know, well, we bring all our friends. It's kind of like we're going to the bathroom together, but we're not, we're going shooting together. And yeah. That's why they sell out. Like literally our ladies days here in Ontario will sell out within a couple of days. I did you notice that I took one down, the Claybird one? It sold out. Yeah. Right. Oh, okay. They're done. I did notice that. So I did, I removed it today. So yeah, that's Suffering gonna be from success. I know. Because women want to shoot. Believe it mm-hmm. or not, our CMP oh, yeah. liberals that are listening, uh, women do want to shoot. Mm-hmm. The ones that drive the soccer mom cars. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think you mean minivans that can also be turned into sleeper vans very easily. <laughs> That's you. You're no longer that dinger guy. You're now the van guy. living in a van, van, van guy. by the river. <laughs> Down by the river. <laughs> Literally. Because you sleep in it, you shower in it. It's gross. Okay. Just don't paint it white. <laughs> Candy. That's the sliding doors for. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, and on to the news. There's a few interesting ones here. Start off with man claiming to be veteran charged with firearms related related offenses. Among basically, he's getting the full gambit. Like this guy, he just doesn't care. And yeah. So some of our listeners might have actually heard of this guy because I noticed that there were a couple of people who were friends with him that uh, that we know. Um, this guy was running a training, survival training, and women's Hello. defense company called Sheepdog Enterprises yep. out of Calgary. Okay, I've never heard of this guy, but mm-hmm. uh, in Calgary, must know people that we know, him, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I'm not sure. He doesn't have any. <laughs> He's not anything. He doesn't have any licenses. He's not. He's not a member of the military or police. He doesn't have not only a gun license. He doesn't even have a driver's license. This guy just like does what he wants. Yeah, and what he wants yeah. is, is completely lawless. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Anyways, yes, yes. Some old hunting rifle, whatever that thing is. That's a Martini Henry. Poor Martini Henry. Looking at looking at the. Bottom of that, that looks mm-hmm. a lot like a Martini Henry. The old, yeah, little Glock 19X. It looks like. I can yeah. buy that hat off. Okay, of, like, you guys are all, all excited about the guns, which I am too. But this guy was uh, training people, like serious. Yeah. And, and I'm not, like, not doing a very good job. He of was it. doing operator style yeah. training, and he had staff that worked for him as well that were doing the the training mm-hmm. too. Hmm. Oh, I think that's a very important point, and be one that to be made like there is no standard to call yourself an instructor in Canada so when you're going to go take a course try and really really vet the person don't just take their documents go and try and do your own research on the person see if you can find some background or whatever on them Mm -hmm. anyways there's been some distancing between uh, that company and him and uh, some 
some other people as well, just because he <laughs> stated that he was affiliated with other people. How long has he been at this? While. Does it say? No. Hmm. Anyhow, interesting. Hmm. Next one. And Alberta seeks so seeks legislation in pepper spray for self-defense. Yeah, I think this Alberta. is an interesting one to watch because this can open up doors. Good for Alberta. Alberta. Yeah. Well, I don't think they can change gotta, it. It's got to get through federal because yeah. that falls it does fall under our firearms laws that are federally mandated i believe yeah, i think the, the criminal uh criminal code includes that the, the 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 criminal code around weapons is silly so uh you can carry bear spray around the mountains uh you can't say it's just in case someone attacks you if you if you have bear spray on you a cop's like what well, you got the bear spray and you're hiking around it's like oh i got a crazy ex-husband oh weapon yeah yeah, yeah. off to charge for you just because you're dumb just because you don't know the law. Now, if you're smart, you're like, oh, bears. And if you're bears. like, I don't know, uh, in the suburbs of Edmonton, bears. Yeah, yeah bears. bears. <laughs> and if you're downtown, bears. <laughs> I'm scared of bears. They're all bear over the place. Yeah. yeah. Straight and, dogs uh, downtown. And, yeah, yeah, and you're exactly. cool. So uh, uh, what do you guys think? Yay, nay? Like, there's pros and cons to this, right? I'm, I'm all for it. I say yay. Is it it opens because... up to being able to do self-defense, which like is saying it opens doors by them legislating you actually have a right to self-defense. I think and if you're a criminal, uh number one, you already have a knife on you. So most criminals are or you know, uh general degenerates around will be carrying a knife. Uh some of them may be carrying pepper spray as well, if they so want, because you can still buy it right now. You can still buy. Yeah dog spray you can buy uh, okay. bear spray yep. uh, this is just making it so that uh, you don't have to lie when the cop pulls you over and hey, hey why do you got the pepper spray I got a crazy ex-husband okay cool that's probably a good idea you should probably have that pepper spray but at the same time and you're absolutely right if somebody's carrying pepper spray they will carry it they're already carrying it right now so the people mm -hmm. who okay so for self-defense those are the people who are not carrying it or they are carrying it for bears if they're going hiking. Let's say they're going hiking. and um, Downtown. Downtown. Uh, but the people who are not law-abiding, they're carrying it anyways. They're also carrying guns. Yeah. They're also yeah. carrying mm -hmm. knives. Knives, yeah. And it, that's that. Yeah. And if they eventually get to the point where they'll allow us to carry firearms, not going to happen. If they do, though, they're carrying theirs. But they're not licensed. We are. So, yeah, I wonder know. what they'll do ar around that. Like, what are the prerequisites you'll have to? It doesn't matter because this is Alberta saying like we should do this, and the federal government would be like, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so the federal government says, okay, municipalities, you can actually ban handguns. However, provincial governments, no, you are not going to allow you to allow people to carry. Yeah, them. yeah, this won't go, this yeah. won't go anywhere. It's I, I like what they're doing. They they should be pushing the federal government on on stuff yeah. like this, and I like that Alberta's doing that, but. Uh, realistically, uh, I, I wouldn't. Happen. I wouldn't say the LPC is going to uh, allow us to carry pepper spray at any time. No. Oh yeah, I wouldn't hold my breath. No. 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 Legally carry it for self defense. Let's just make that caveat yeah. that that clear because we and not for bear defense. No. Because you can do that. Because yeah. we can carry bear or dog spray right now currently. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It has, it has to be. But used don't you dare that. use that on a human attacking you. Well, you can. 
if mm-hmm. now if they're attacking you and you have like and it's it's a an appropriate use of force, you can use that pepper spray, yeah. that bear spray or dog spray. Sorry, not pepper spray. Bear spray or dog spray on that person as or a or like, if you sell tickets to spray a gallon. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> or if you bought tickets and sprayed gallon in uh, I spent in your hundred fifty dollars to spray him and I didn't get to spray. <laughs> uh, awesome. Oh. Anyways. Oh yeah. This is an updated page on the government of Canada, their uh their website. Mm-hmm. I don't really like it. No. no. I liked it the other way. You know why? Because we shared the crap out of it. When they had the, the pictures of the hunters and they're like, the hunter we, need to and the crime. we need to get tough on crime, yeah. gun crime, crime violence. I'm going, it's a hunter and it's a person that's a female, by the way, a sports shooter. So tell me how those people are. Got to crack down on those degenerates. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And that video sucks too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So they got a video. It doesn't really say much. It does make mention of this violent uh, offenses involving guns up 81% since 2009. It's true, by the way. But yeah, it is, and you know why it is. Or are you going to say but? It's one specific charge that's mm-hmm. increased, and just that charge. It okay. doesn't. It's not actually what it's implying. It's implying that there's a lots of offensive uh, offenses and all these violent offenses. Now there's a lot more guns at these violent offenses. That's mm-hmm. not actually what is happening. There's less actually. So there's just one charge that's that's being levied a lot more. What's what that is that charge? Uh, I wrote it down here, didn't I? Firearms, use of, discharging, pointing. This could be like yeah. someone shooting uh, uh, an SKS where they shouldn't be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they would get like a firearms oh, use of, oh, discharging, did have, pointing. Do we have the guy, the dude in New Brunswick? Oh, my huh? God. Okay. No, we don't. Oh. No, we don't have that on there. The guy that's being, they're looking for a guy in New Brunswick who is oh, shooting no, on didn't. public property and he was shooting his Hang pistol. Mm-hmm. And they're looking for him because they would charge him with this. Yes. The unlawful yeah. use of firearms. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which would it. seem like increase in violent offenses, but it's like some dude shooting a pistol in the back 40. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's not really violence. It's no. just, there's no, you know, there's no violence there. There yeah. is so, an escalation of violence and extreme violence. And that's with gang activity. We're seeing it yes. within our inner, inner cities. And that, mm-hmm. and quite frankly, there are more guns that are being used and those are more and more violent offenses as well. And yeah. that we're seeing it not only with males, but we're seeing it with females as well. And we're also seeing the next piece down would be knives as well. Yeah. Um, but that's not you and that's not me. And that's nope. not what this is combating. combating. That's, so That's this over here. Because if, yeah. you, if you look at the overall trend, it is like it's going down, going down. It's like, oh, it's going up over here. Now, this is this isn't the overall trend. This is gang related homicides. And it right. almost entirely explains that last uh, what three, four years? One, two, three, four. Last three or four years that uh, that that homicides have gone up is almost entirely gang related. Gang related homicides are fifty one percent of homicides. So if you take half of it and that half goes up by not quite double, but close to double, yeah, man, yeah, that'll make that'll make it up. So there's a comment here, and it's John. Um, mm-hmm. John says, and with kids too. So. Okay, so we have to clarify this. This demographic, they, what they consider kids is uh, anyone uh, 25 or under. And so mm-hmm. that demographic, when you're talking about gang uh, activity, is typically um, gang members initiate gang members. 
are around 12 years old, 13 years old, and uh, as young as eight years old. And that's pretty typical. And then, mm -hmm. uh, but we see gang members, again, youth is considered a 25 or under. So yeah, these are the people that are using the firearms in each other, gang violence on each other. And yeah. frankly, uh, shooting at each other. And unfortunately, there's innocent bystanders that are being uh, hit too. So, and that's when shit hits the fan. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but that's the number that's included when we talk about statistics. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. So this is uh, misleading. This is misleading. This, yep. this, 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 this quote right here is super misleading. Uh, this one is a survey. It's, it's, it's a stat on a survey. So whoever they surveyed there, um, it will, will have represented that, uh, this, I think this, um, is incorrect. Signaling, I think, well, so groups that are disproportionately affected, the group that's disproportionately affected by firearms, uh, would be male, whether you go suicide or homicide. They're not in this list. Yeah. Mm. Why not? Women and girls. That's the opposite. Women and girls in terms of like homicides and suicides are are less. Now, if in domestics, yeah, higher, higher, uh, higher uh, portion there. Well, it's male, male and female, although there's other demographics there too. But mm -hmm. the reality is, and they're right, femicide is something that is um, higher. Uh, again, and there's legal firearm owners who do commit this, by the way, but the majority mm -hmm. of them are the people that we just talked about previously because they're yeah. fine with actually harming people and not caring about life. Uh, male on there is suicide. Suicide would be okay. Again, if we and homicide uh, victims and the, the killers as well, right? Men mm -hmm. would be vastly disproportionately yeah. affected by that. Yeah. It's not females that are shooting. Well, yeah, there's some, but, but no, this, this is more victim Olympics than it is uh, reality. Reality is like men, men uh, kill and are killed the most uh, Absolutely. with guns or and without uh, some of these. I don't even know if they have, if they have stats on this, do they, do you think they have stats on uh, whether LGBTQT LGBTQ2 people are affected or not affected by firearms? I don't think they have these stats. No. They no. do. I've never, I've never seen any on these. It, it, it might be true. They, it, it might, yeah. it, it might entirely be true. I've never seen but any, it, any stats on that. But the numbers are so small. The it, numbers are really there's small. 600 homicides in Canada per year. Uh, right. It's, it's very small. If you had like one, one homicide last year and two this year, it'd be a hundred percent increase. That's correct. And it's statistics. So it's whatever way that you look at it. Yeah, so how it's presented. So, but there's specific yeah. groups to that too. Like for example, pink pistols. They're here in Toronto. Mm -hmm. They are part of the uh, the community, and they are advocating for themselves to be able to carry it for because of they are disproportionately victims of violence. And I'm not talking mm -hmm. um, firearm violence. I'm talking all violence. All, all violence. violence. Yeah. So they want to carry too, and so. When the OAC came out and they continued to pound on this, the whole thing about protecting women and indigenous women, like, are you kidding me? Women, let's empower women. Let's give them the ability to carry firearms and mm -hmm. use them correctly. There'll yeah. be a lot less people being. Yeah. Anyways. yeah. Well, so I look at that list. Mm -hmm. Look at that entire list. That basically 
like Adriel was saying, that covers everybody except the people who are disproportionately affected. It's situational. It's situational. Like, that list is like the go-to for when you're virtue signaling. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit disappointing that this is like a, a, a federal government page. If this is a party page, okay, whatever. You know, the LPC has got to paint their uh, their who's issues and whatnot. The, who's doing the page, though? It's federal government. Who's doing mm-hmm. it? Uh, they're taking some Stats Canada stuff. They're misrepresenting some Stats Canada stuff in here. Well, of course they're, they are. They're taking it, yeah. They're taking this increase in violent offenses involving a, a gun and, and pulling that from another stat that says something entirely different. It Anyways, depends, it depends yeah. on which stat you look at. And, like, I look at, I have access to some of the stats on recidivism and mm-hmm. violent crimes, uh, homicides, murders, well, it's the same thing, sorry. Homicides, uh, manslaughter, uh, as well mm-hmm. as with firearms or guns versus um, bladed weapons, etc. And it's interesting because you can, it depends on which survey and stat you look at. They're all going to say different things. So it's mm-hmm. like per- cherry picking, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, one thing that's surprising that one in three homicides are uh, in Canada are firearm related, but half of homicides are gang related. Those gangs are really like poorly equipped because like how many of the <laughs> how many gang members are like knifing each other or knifing other members of other gangs that they can't get a gun? Uh, that number should be that number should be higher. Stop that. <laughs> <laughs> gangs are poorly equipped. They can't drive over the border and, and go st- purchase a handgun from the U.S. Come on. Slacking. They there's a lot more handguns than you think. Yeah, yeah. Learn how to hold them upright too. Yeah, yeah. Well, the reason why there's not a lot there's not a lot is because it can't shoot with shit. Just saying. True. True fact. A lot of leg. (laughs) A lot of leg injuries. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're taking action because based on these uh, stats we made up uh, and and misconstrued. We're taking action, gun laws, and enforcement. First thing, got to be the most important. We got to make sure that we yeah. hammer down on those. Uh, I don't know what are the, these people are doing, hunting or whatever. Got to yeah. get them first. Smuggling and trafficking, we'll try, but we'll really do nothing there. Assault style firearms, got to take those. None oh, yeah, of the those, stats supported that, but <laughs> yeah, those are the the biggest problems, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. And then gun and gang violence, they're going to invest. Now, I I think I brought this up before. Their investment is actually offset by their cuts to the point where it, it's still an overall cut, especially to CBSA. Yeah. If you look at the CBSA budget year over year, uh, the the they announced funding, but they didn't announce the cuts at the same time. And it's actually like out of balance. Yep. More cuts than, uh, than funding. So, mm-hmm. uh, blah, 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 blah. How can guns be diverted? Well, mostly they just get smuggled, but let's talk about straw purchasing and theft first and then smuggling and trafficking okay. afterwards. So how much, yeah. how, how many straw purchases were there in Canada? Last well, they year? said that they're increasing now again, percentage well, wise, it, yeah. it could be 10 yeah. last year two, and 50 next year. Three and they're increasing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. they just started taking the statistics too. And are they, because there wasn't enough to take previous to that. I think they would have, they would have them because like if you straw purchase a handgun, like there's, there's fairly, unless you uh, really obliterate that serial number, there's, there's still ways of pulling that out of the the metal. So I would imagine that they are able to match uh, uh, handguns that are found in, in crime scenes or, or from criminals and find straw purchasers at a pretty high percentage solve rate. 
So mm-hmm. for this to be an issue, like th- th- we would be seeing this all still, over the place. Yeah, but they're yeah. still saying that's they'd be making arrests. Yeah, yeah. right. It's minimal. Yeah. The person, the person, the person wouldn't be doing it for very long before they got caught. So mm-hmm. it, yeah. it's not a good career choice. Let's just say that. Yeah, no. not long term so, thinking. No. Yeah, no. not long term. Anywho, I think that's enough complaining. Okay. Yeah, enough of me bitching and complaining about this page. But they did update the page. And with the picture. Yeah, before they had the hunters and stuff on there, and enough people complained yeah. that they stopped. That's cool. Well, they yeah. just moved that further down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because hunters. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh. What so, is that? What? Oh, sorry. That's a Let me, wait, wait, wait. No, nope, I'm not showing that yet. Not the right not the right segment. Stop <laughs> sharing my screen. <laughs> Hey, CCFR Legal Fund donations. We have a couple new ones. Woodstock Pistol and Rifle Club has donated $2,000. And Sherwood Park Fish and Game has donated 10000 this time. Wow. Just a cool awesome. 10K. Nice. Yeah. Lock that Very down on the nice. table. Alberta. They're yeah. back. Mm-hmm. Way oh, to go, by the, guys. Thank by the way, much. the CCFR, they've got a new sign. They just launched it again. I think it was yesterday. So the neon signs that they do draws for every once in a while, they got a new one up. So $10, go to the website, click on the front page there, and you can, for $10, you can be entered into win the, it's a CCFR logo, you know, the one, the new logo with the flag that apparently we're we're still getting seed for. So go and do that. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah. Anyways, you too can be sued by hanging it. Perfect. <laughs> Go buy one. Not yep. the sign. Sign costs <laughs> share much. I'll go try and win one. Yeah, you should. $10. That's it. Yeah. All right. Next. All right. New Gun Stuff. New Gun Stuff is sponsored by Bolt Action Coffee. Slamfire Radio is now a brand ambassador for Bolt Action Coffee. The coffee is slow roasted in small batches and is quite honestly some of the best coffee you can get your hands on. Send it to your house by going to boltactioncoffee.com and use dis- discount code SLAMFIRE, all capitals, one word. And this is where we turn it over to Adriel to go over all the new gun stuff he populated in here. <laughs> Do we get <laughs> to the see first that one. now? Yeah, now you get to see the CNC machine. Uh, this is Iron Guns. They have something cooking in Lake Havasu. So what they have cooking is that CNC machine might be making this these Nodak Spud NDS 18 oh SC lowers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. More 180s. More 180s. I like more selection. I love yeah. the free market. Look the at this. All these companies have, making at least have more selection of it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Bring them on. Uh, and that's a cool lower. That that lower is nice and compact. It's uh, it's very neat. And they have approval on it. Already have an FRT. Yeah, that means uh, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, it kind of does mean yeah. nothing. Because if, if you produce it locally, you don't need an FRT. You just need to promise that it's a version of an existing firearm or it's uh, non-restricted. And then you can just immediately sell it. So yeah. for Canadian manufacturers, they can skip that step. Uh, Maple Ridge Armory has version two of their Renegade receiver kit. So version one did not have a bolt catch. And people are like, oh, man, I want a bolt catch. I want to, like, hold the, like hold that thing back hold so I can slam it on the mag in. Yeah. Some of my mags are tight, and I, I just can't insert it without uh, uh, without the bolt open. 
So they have made version two. Version two has a bolt hold open, and it also has, uh, I believe, they've beveled the magwell a little bit more so that it's nice. got just a little bit more of a an easy to slam in. Yeah, extra flared magwell in there. So that's cool. in as well. Integrated QD port at the rear. I like it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Kyle and I actually watched a guy run one of these very quickly at a three gun event. Very quick. Yeah. So. They can impressive. be used for sporting. Yeah, you can use them for sporting uh, purposes very nicely. I, I I might buy one. I've got a 12-inch barrel. I might buy one. <laughs> one. And I might find an 18-and-a-half-inch barrel and then build Three. another one. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. Maybe we should, do you, maybe we should get Ryan on again. Hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah. I can show him my Maverick. All right, let's move on to the next one here. One or two. Anyways. Uh, I, I like this because it's... Uh, oh, <laughs> my God. Fancy. Hey, you know, we're talking about these old traditional wood stocks, and, and uh, oh, we will be in a in very short period here when we get to the main topic. But uh, what about non-traditional? <laughs> this is the Gersan Regard mc nine millimeter it's their 92 clone with gold accents and i don't know silver white finish it's on the rest of it garish chrome kind of a wild g10 grip on there i imagine that's g10 i don't know yeah. might be wood who knows it's crazy looking though no. 6.99 for 6.99 you could get something that looks like like it belongs to pablo escobar <laughs> that's pretty like good it. value pretty like good value it. for 6.99 yeah. you can buy some coke too so <laughs> uh the coke won't last this gun will okay there's that this is reusable <laughs> it's, it's multi-use oh my goodness it's horrible uh this is kind of neat so for canadians is neat oh, yeah. posted the acr is uh is am, soon to be perfected what do you mean be perfected Sorry, say again, Kelly. It's back in black. What? what do you, why? What's soon to be perfected? What are they? I don't know. Make? I hope they're not changing it. I hope they just I make like more it. of them. Exactly. Like Bush, Bushmaster, Remington, Remington got sold. What's happening with Bushmaster? What's going on? Please make us more ACRs. We need another like high quality two two three version in Canada. They're making more. This now, make, if they're making changes, just, I, just mm-hmm. make more. Yeah, because yeah. it was and cheaper. And it was running well and is functioning. It's a mm-hmm. good gun, so don't mm-hmm. change anything. Uh, make it cheaper. Yeah, I would take. I would take it. I would take a cheaper. Okay, ACR. make a cheaper one. Yeah, like two thousand, two thousand two hundred, maybe somewhere around there. Perfect, love it. They're so cool. Anyways, yeah, How interesting about- fact. So this is Bushmaster official uh, posting this. This AV12G, I believe uh, this this is an Instagrammer that's associated with Black Box Customs, who's out of Calgary. So, oh, I, yeah. as far as I know, this is a Canadian picture. Mm. Nice. You mean they're in country? Okay, no, yeah, no, we're not gonna. Yeah, we're gonna <laughs> talk about this belt. No, uh huh, uh-huh. it's the Lego belt. Yeah, it's the Lego belt. It's the ruler, the, the foldable ruler. Oh. Double Alpha Academy is releasing a Lynx belt. Why? Um, Say again, what? Why? Because. Did you watch the video? Did I watched no. the video. I thought it was pretty cool. Compelling reasons. There's some compelling yeah. reasons. One, your belt is super bulky. Most people can't even put it in a backpack. They have to strap it That's to the right. outside of their backpack because it's huge. Collapse, this one folds. This small, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This one is stiffer than a regular belt because it's, it's stiff and it uses it's pins. Stiff. Yeah. So what happens if you're actually in between sizes? 
You can remove link. Uh, remove yes, links you can remove. I know, but what if they just pop out? What if you remove one link and it's too small, and you put the link back in and it's too big? This middle buckle bit here has some adjustment in it. Yeah, it'll make up for that, that gap. Yeah, yeah. That's your, mid, not, that's your middle yeah, link. You're not mm-hmm. selling me on it. You don't want to I remind me like of I kind of like it. So it reminds me, me of me those too. snakes that you go like this with. Yeah, you know, the ones yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the little toy snake. Yeah, the little wooden ones, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I kind of like it. You know, the, the bulkiness thing I hate about my belt. I, I, I carry What's a big bin and it takes up like half my bin. Yeah. Just putting a belt in there with holster and all the other crap in it. This would be much smaller. I like the stiffness of it. Uh, a round belt, a very stiff round belt will give you pinch points at your hips because your body, your torso is not round or oval, or maybe it is. I mean, if you pack on some COVID waist, I, I'm, I'm round. <laughs> this, though, these segments will move to your body better than a very yes. stiff round belt. Well, so you won't get those pinch points on your hip bones, for example. Now, this isn't an issue for hip six shooters because you guys are carrying women. Like, what, five Iris. pounds yeah. on your belt. But a, a three gun belt fully loaded is like 15 pounds. It's a bit of weight. And if you're like <laughs> wearing that. Mm-hmm. Tell her about the colors. I think you're going to sell her on the colors. Whoa, no. whoa, 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 whoa. No. You can buy, because they're just links, and you can put them together as, oh. ma- like, whatever way. There's just a pin through there. You can buy whatever colors you want. You can do, like, a B mm-hmm. pattern if you want to. Black, yellow, black, yellow. You could do, like, some sort of alternating thing in there or just make it all one color. So we can do, like, here. What, two for cost? Oh, no, not, third, not that much. And links? No, come on. They break this thing. Yes. I, think I broke it. Oh, you win $100. Look at that. Uh, I broke it. No, yeah. it wasn't. Inches. 34. 27 links. That'll be... It's not 26 bucks. That's a lie. I, I was going to say, there's no, no you, you way that that's se- You got to start selecting the colors and then it'll add oh, up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's okay. what I was... I for, mm. for me, it was about a $70 belt I was looking and that's US, right? So, this is, so it's $26 just for, for the privilege to start building it. Mm-hmm. Yes, the privilege. No. Okay. 70 bucks. 70 bucks US is not a lot for a belt though. A regular no. uh D- double alpha double competition alpha. belt is 70 bucks. Okay, Canadian does US. Yeah, <laughs> you're doubling the price. No. Come it's on. 70 US, bucks US, US. Canadian? It's $30 more. No, it's not. Okay, but what if I buy one? Okay, buy one. What colors would I use though? Hmm. Purple. Purple? Yeah, I like purple. That's weird. Yeah. That's super okay. weird. <laughs> anyways, no, I won't do this right now. <laughs> uh, anyways, that belt out. Adriel orders a belt. <laughs> <laughs> the plastic links. So one of the things that, that they said on the video is that on the inside, the, the Velcro is molded into the link. So it's super sticky. You know, like you're usually like trying to put that stuff on there. The only thing I'm worried about is the width of it and whether I can get like a blade tech, like a tech lock on there or not. I probably can't. Ha! I mean, sorry. That's the thing. I'm not sold on I have a Dremel. I have a drill. I have epoxy. I can do anything I want. Why would you want to do that with the belt you just spent 70 US on? By the way, Corey Johnson, um, he says, if it's too big, Kelly, then we're allowed to eat more cake. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's the chance you're going to upsize yourself. But maybe you adjust yourself to the belt. too much cake. Now <laughs> it's too small. Yeah. All right. 
You need another Anyways. link. Need another link then. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. More cake, more links. You know what? You, you can have a subscription. Have them send you a link every month. Hmm. Do you think they just send me one for free? Like, hey, I'm on Slamfire. It's this podcast in Canada. They, <laughs> that, they probably hang up at that point. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Canada? <laughs> Canada? <laughs> Where's I that? thought this was interesting. Delask Arms is offering uh, ump non-restricted barrels. I didn't know that we had umps in Canada, but we must. Have you guys seen umps, UMPs? No. They've got them. They've got non-restricted barrels. They will verify as non-restricted with the CFO. They will test fire it. Look at this. Send them your ump. They will make it non-restricted for you. See, you know we had them. Hmm. Umps. What you gonna mm-hmm. do with all that ump? All that. Ump <laughs> <No. laughs> um, Anyways, if you have a if you have one of those things, uh, Delask will hook you up and make you non-restricted. It probably puts like a huge barrel on it, but you'll be non-restricted. You can go like shoot a deer with it. His last one. This is one of I think I've talked about the the Zukov Zukov or Zukov yeah. Zukov stock on Zukov. the Magpul on the uh, 180s before. Spectre Ballistics is working on making an adapter for their cool new lower that will get the Zukov stock going on it, which I think is the best option available because the Zukov stocks are like 130 bucks. Uh, they have a decent cheek with cheek piece on them. So if you look at a lot of the, the Picatinny rail stocks, they're made in the U S and they're made for pistols, technical pistols, right? So they don't have a very good cheek rest on them. The stock, like the actual thing that goes around your arm is like one of them strappy things. And it's not really a stock. It's a arm brace kind of a thing. Uh, this has a real stock on it. It's adjustable for length and you can get Magpul adjustable cheek pieces to give your cheek weld and it's folding. Yeah. And it's plastic. And it's like, this is a high quality part for 130 bucks. The ACR stock is fantastic, but the ACR stock is 300 and something dollars. Mm-hmm. This is 130. Yeah. And it like the, it flows with the lines of the gun really well. I want one. It does. And as do soon that, as they yeah. release the aluminum one, this is like a 3d printed, like just, they're just mocking it up to see like what it would look like and how to build one. Uh, as soon as they release that, I'm probably going to get the lower and the stock because I think that's the best way of doing a 180. It looks the coolest. I mean, the 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 fixed MOE stock I got right now is probably functionally all I need for three gun. But but then there's what does nothing fancy call it? The second kind of cool. I think that's all my new gun stuff. And that's all I have to say about that. That's all I got to say about that. Bubba Gump, you're up. Bubba Gump shrimp. (laughs) Okay. Well, we have Jesse and Joel from Prestigious Woodstocks. How are you guys doing tonight? We're doing excellent. How about you guys? Good, thanks. Good, good. Pretty fantastic. Pretty fantastic. It's finally cooled off in Alberta here, so... uh, we're not all dying from heat stroke. That's nice. Yeah, I, I feel you. <laughs> and we're just getting trench foot. <laughs> just getting trench foot. Yeah, yeah. yeah awesome. So um, uh, one of the reasons we brought you on, I mean, like I've, I, I, I bought some of your stocks and I've been selfishly uh, uh, getting on like Enfield guys uh, onto the show to talk about Enfields, restocking them, what kind of accuracy things you can do to them. Uh, and that's that's been primarily what we've been what we've been after is uh, well what I've been after is uh, is trying to get all the uh, the good information from people. 
Uh, so maybe just before we get going too far, just let us a little, uh, know a little bit about uh, prestigious Woodstocks and how you got started. Um, well, I guess originally we got asked by a customer if we could uh, build some MK3 stocks and we figured we could do it. We definitely bit off more than we could chew when we started and it was a lot harder than we ever could have dreamed it being. But now we're three years later and thousands and thousands of parts later and it's definitely come a long ways from where we started. So it's been uh, it's been a wild ride. We definitely it's amazing to see the progress and the equipment that we've slowly leveled up from and we've built all, all our original equipment right from scratch. And yeah, it was pretty crazy. The first first ones to go from zero to one was like months of hard work and lots of frustration. And, and, and they've evolved a lot since those first ones too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You look back at some of our original parts and we're like, yeesh. <laughs> come a long way. But, but we, had, we had to start somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Yeah. There's a lot more uh, how, how did you guys, uh, how did you guys start off? So like you weren't always into to, to uh, making uh, Lee Enfield stocks. What did you do before then? I've always been a custom fabricator. We've always built stuff, pretty much almost anything from Te technically. We, we we still do that now yeah. as well. We did. Um, it, this is just one of our endeavors. So, yeah, oh, interesting. And it's just seemed to have grown into essentially almost a full time gig for three of us. We got one more helper that just left here, and yeah, it's pretty much what we do almost all day, every day. Besides trying to build new equipment and build new prototypes for new models, it's been uh, it's, our, our our first machine was completely home built. Our machines now are uh, our older Italian machines that we've tore down and retrofitted for our purpose. Interesting. What what are you guys using to uh, build these stocks? So, uh, do you use like a stock duplicator, or is it like a CNC, or, or what, no. what? What's the? It's a hundred percent CNC milled, all four axis rotary cut parts. So we, our latest machine now, we can chuck four blanks into it, mills four parts at a time, mills all four sides, and when they come off, we more or less just trim the ends off of them and clean them up, and they're pretty much ready to. Uh, Go in a box and, and ship out pretty much just a trim and a quick sand some of the parts have an end process that they'll like the the number one uh mark one mark three and all that they have like the little uh um clip on the back that retains the bolt for the butt stock that's a secondary process that's done on another jig uh yeah. kind of like mm -hmm. the panther router you see yeah, in the back kind of like these guys yeah so all of them will be done on more of a manual hand-run like process guy. machine Oh yeah, tricky, yeah. tricky feature to make, yeah. and then uh, stuff like the butt stocks and everything. The end processes will get yeah. clamped into. Uh, yeah, all well, the, actually, I can show you one of those jigs. All the sockets, the butt end processes, the pockets on the ends there. That kind of stuff is all jigs that we had to invent and build and build all the processes and leapfrog from one cnc machine to another machine so so all the all oh my gosh and everything i'll get clamped wow. into there and then this gets bolted to the side of another cnc machine so we can hold the pieces upright and come and mill the end process and stuff yeah there's a lot of finesse there was a lot of trial and error and made a lot of expensive firewood over the years trying to <laughs> trying to do it so that walnut isn't cheap it's sure nice to work with so yeah, yeah, that's uh, that looks like a lot of work. I mean, you don't think of like Lee Enfield ah, as a hundred year old rifle, like it couldn't be that hard, but <laughs> the woodworking yeah. back then was pretty sophisticated. 
It's unreal. I still look at a lot of the features in these old stocks and have a hard time trying to even figure out how they were built in the first place. I remember our biggest roadblock at the beginning was just getting that hole down the center of that buttstock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this guy through the end. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a long hole to drill. Through. Yep. Yeah. To land that perfectly the- straight through and it's two different sizes and has to end like precisely at a, the right spot inside there so that your screw can shoulder out and hold the buttstock into the receiver so you got to be pretty accurate on where that hole ends and where the it steps down to the next size so quite a few jigs quite a few tools before we finally got to a process and now we're actually just building a new automated machine to hopefully help us do that a lot nicer and more consistently so we we find we we're we're getting to capacity of the last machine we built so it's time to build another Well, that's a good problem to have. <laughs> Very much keep so. up with uh, with demand. <laughs> yeah, as we diversify into new models here as well, it'll definitely just need to keep growing. We're starting to build our second production machine for milling stocks and stuff like that. So just one foot in front of the other it takes a while because we buy old machines and strip them down, rewire them, put all new motors and controllers and everything into them so that they're brand new, and make so that we can service them and run them and makes a a lot better machine in the long run for us and honestly we couldn't really go and buy what we use on a daily basis for probably less than $150,000 so probably not till next week anyways (laughs) (laughs) can't just roll out there and and get an an infield number one mark three uh wood duplicator eh (laughs) no doesn't exist anyways No. no 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 Uh, oh, no, we're probably one of the few people on the planet that are making those stocks now and a lot of the more oddball stuff like the cavalry and like the, the Mark V and stuff like that are definitely some tricky parts that were in there that we're making that I don't think anybody else is making anywhere on the planet. So big long stuff like P14s like that. Oh, it? yeah. That's that a tricky part tricky. to make to shoot the do that all in one shot is a lot of work and this is more or less how they come off the table and just need to be sanded so it takes wow. some finesse to get it to that point and definitely <laughs> a lot of trials on that stuff, when, so. when 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 milling they, they get a little flexy by the end so. yeah <laughs> it imagine. is really crazy asymmetrical parts so they're really off-centered when they're in the lathe so when you try to tip them over sideways there's so much deflection on them that you got to really be ginger with your tool pass that you write. Interesting. Yeah. So um, I, I purchased uh, a number four Mark one stock set off you guys. What other, what other models do you guys support or what what other stuff do you guys have? Um, right now we got the number threes, the number fours. I'm actually just modding up the number fours to do the number four Mark two right now. We do the jungle carbines. The yeah. number one Mark one, the number one Mark ones, the oh, tricky, yeah. number five cavalry with like the big, long, crazy upper wood on there. Did, I think, I don't know if we have, I think we actually, we sent the last one. Yeah. Out. Uh, it's hard to keep stock. Oh, we got B grade. Oh, we got a there. B grade one of the, yeah. the yeah, it's hard to keep stock piece. on the shelf <laughs> these days. It's kind of our, almost our biggest problem. So everything's almost just milled and shipped almost immediately. So, well, if you think about it, uh, like Canada is a wash in sporterized Leanne fields. And there's a lot of people out there and there's, there, there's only so many of them though. And we're starting to run out of them. And I think a lot of people are, 
uh, looking at those rifles that were sporterized yeah. and thinking, uh, how do I get this to original? And then you guys are one of the only games in town that are, that are making these kind of things, right? Yeah, and it's crazy. We've shipped these things worldwide now. Like we're probably at 950 orders on our online store and we've shipped everywhere to Russia, Germany, Italy, France, Greece, Australia, New Zealand, wow. all over the States, all over Canada. Like, it's yeah, a lot to, to the reach. U.S. I, I, was, I was on a forum looking at some Lee Enfield uh, uh, tips on, uh, on restoring and uh, your guys's, you guys came up as like the stock maker <laughs> to, uh, to use out of Alberta here. (laughs) We're doing our job right then. Yeah, Yeah, I think for something like this. Sorry, go ahead. It's just been a long time coming, I guess. And we're just interested to just keep growing and keep rolling out new models. We're working on Mauser right now, the Swedish Carbine. We're pretty much just about finished here. We're just doing our last test cuts on it this evening. Had to stop the table so we could hop on this podcast with you guys. So <laughs> didn't want to have the sound of routers running in the background like what we normally listen to. It gets to a all little day. obnoxious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which uh, which but, Swedish carbine were you guys trying to build out? Um it's this guy here, which is the uh it's the 1907. So the Okay, yeah. Oops. I guess. Yeah, sorry. It's not in too close. You got we we got all the numbers written down. We're fabricators. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> we make the thing. Yeah. So that's that's the replication and then this is ours from we're just kind of doing our test fits, making sure yeah. that everything's just nice and we're pretty happy with it now and we're pretty much ready to roll these guys out. So you just huh. Cut them, test fit them. There's probably like five or six blanks like this where you're just doing little refinements and fine tuning on little features to make sure that actions are tight and everything's really crispy and solid to make a good solid safe stock for people to use. And yeah, these ones are all segmented. We just glue our scraps together to do testers on before we cut up all our expensive walnut. But yeah, it's definitely. The, yeah. When when it's when they mess up, cutting up those boards gets a little painful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I was going to say there's a there's a bunch of K31s. Uh, if you're talking about Swiss right now, there's a bunch of K31s in country that have some pretty rough wood on them. Uh, oh, yeah. I don't know if uh, if Kyle or Mo have seen those or, or Kelly, but uh, a lot of those K31s that we got in in country had real rough stocks on them. They're all milsurp. Um, those are fairly recent. There's not as many as the Lee Enfields though. And that Lee Enfield thing is going to be a good slow burn where people are continuing to refurbish those things and try to get them back to their original military glory, give or take, uh, uh, with a new stock. It seems like they've more or less like doubled in value in even the last couple of years here since we started making them. So it seems to be more and more of a hot commodity for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a lot of people might have like a, a good shooting sporter, and they want to take that and make it look or make it look original. I have a I have an M1 Garand in 308, yeah. new stock, and I love that it's a new stock because it's it's not all original, so I can actually use the thing, uh, and I can go and shoot it. If I had an all original M1 Garand or an all original Lee Enfield with all matching metal parts, all matching wood, original stuff, I'd never take it out shooting. But if yeah, I have a, uh, a <laughs> yeah, if I have a reproduction stock, then it looks like the original. It like and for all intents and purposes, it is. But it just like the collector value and the collector fear isn't there. And I can actually shoot the thing. I can actually take it out yeah. and uh, and take it to a match or something like that. So, like yeah, that's something it makes special. It a lot that, more fun for sure. 
It's yeah. nice having and, trophies, but it's nice having something that you can actually go out and use and have fun with. So. And you can stain it all at the same time, so you get matching colors. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of a lot of the sporterized ones, you, you you've got the buttstock. You could try to get the foreign, and maybe it'll match, and get the upper handguards. Maybe they'll match, but they they won't. <laughs> they'll never yeah. match the exact same color. So if you can get them uh, all at once, and then fit them all, do a really nice job. And we had uh, was it a week ago or two weeks ago? Uh, we had Rifle Chair on, who's a who's a, a Lee Enfield betting. He's really into Lee Enfields, and he was telling us about the different betting techniques we can use in there. And to do that with a new rifle or a new, a new stock, rather, um, really good opportunity to do that kind of thing because you have it. Kind of gives you that opportunity to get it all right from the start and not yeah. rely on the old wood that you know was drug around by farmers uh, for 50 years in in alberta and and used and abused <laughs> yeah. and that kind of thing which they are all those old sporterized uh, oh, landfills yeah. are like that right and even just expansion and contraction on the wood over time from moisture fluctuations makes for loose fitting actions in the long run because they could just get sloppy from and just that, that expansion and contraction just like a hammerhead when it goes loose inside your We've, we've found that that has been a, a bit of a challenge in, in remanufacturing these too, because all our samples are hundred something year, give or take years old, and they they've been through a war or two, <laughs> or they've 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 they're shrunk. They've been like. Well, the, the, a field with the bayonet is basically a staff weapon. So, how much damage over the things over the years, and then, and then re-engineering from that, and then finding it's like, all oh, right, what wasn't quite right because it's, well, it's not new, and and then filling in all the blanks in between. So. Yeah, yeah, all the little modifications and changes over time as well. To because yeah. mm-hmm. some of those rifles are pretty well standardized. Some of them are not really well standardized. A little bit of custom. No, no custom stuff and we've even we've experienced like we've had customers bring in like a handful of mk3 stocks and we've pulled all the original woods off and even just trying to swap them between different actions none of them even directly drop on like they almost all need to be individually fitted for that action otherwise you're you're shaving and scraping anyways so it's really fascinating to see the difference makes us feel not quite as bad because we're like try to leave a little extra material in the places that seem to have those problems so that you can actually have a nice fit sand it end, down so. yeah, yeah yeah i noticed yeah. um my butt stock uh there's there's a style that has like two wings off the top and then there's a round with just one wing and you guys have the two wing and i just like sand it off that corner so oh, i'd yeah. imagine out yeah. there there's guys that have the two kind of wings on the butt yeah. stock thing that they need mm-hmm. and everyone else yeah, it's similar psh, to the jungle carbine yeah which is more like this guy yeah this one has the like the jungle carbine has the the two the two corners on it two two corners and then the mk4 would have just a single shoulder on the one side yeah yeah i don't think i have one here but yeah yeah it's been it's been interesting going through it i've been taking my time and uh and just going doing a nice slow job trying to Fit the fit the different parts and uh, and sand things to size, but uh, I'm getting closer. I'm getting close. My uh, my forend is there. My buttstock's there. Now I just need to like I want to I want to make sure that bedding is like absolutely perfect. So I'm I'm really taking my time on that. And then I've got to awesome. do according to rifle chair. I've got to do raw linseed first and then boiled linseed after. Am okay. I getting that right, guys? 
According to him, that's that's we, what I got to do. We haven't had the had the chance to play <laughs> with the finishing as much. We've been making them and sending them out as fast as we can. Just, yeah. we, just shipping we, them raw. That that that's yeah. that's your guys' job when you get them. To make something spectacular. So yeah, automotive just paint, the high sparkle, whatever melts it better. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> just paint it all white on top of it. Yeah. Gold metal flake with red cane. Ooh yeah, <laughs> there it is. I think I get some some mean stares at the uh, at the Millsurf matches if I tried doing that. <laughs> Unless you just show up with parts that are more like this, uh, like a jungle carbine milled out of zebra wood. Yeah, out of like African. It's like don't bother staining. This is all just full grain match set, one cut from a single block. Oops, wow! Oh wow! That looks amazing. So, what kind of woods yeah, you do you guys get, use? Is it uh, uh, walnut? I've seen pretty uh, much zebra. exclusively walnut, and mm -hmm. beech is fairly sought after. It's been a little hard to get in the last probably six months. We got a fresh order coming in here probably next week. We, as some of them, we are like uh, of the ones that were made out of Queensland maple. We probably got the only little bit of Queensland maple in the area in our shop at the moment. So yeah. There so, is what's, <laughs> so what's the difference in pricing? So if somebody was looking for something a little bit more unique, like the zebra? Uh, like the zebra woods, something, I don't know, it seems like in the Lee Enfield world, everybody kind of wants to like back to original and mm -hmm. posting out exotics doesn't seem like something that most people want. And just that type of series of rifle, I could see it a lot more in more modern stuff. Mm -hmm. That being said, the more modern stuff, uh, definitely is on the way and well custom woods at that point and everything will be well what do you want yeah well, okay. if we can get it we'll make it yeah. <laughs> as far as like our regular stuff like our walnut is kind of like our flagship material that we use beach kind of falls into the same price point queensland maple is like almost more than double on uh per board foot cost, so we have to charge mm. a bit more for those just because the raw cost of the material is astronomically more expensive than even expensive walnut. So so uh, if somebody has something in the custom that they would like done, are you willing to do that? I know you just said that you have so many orders right now and you're a little bit, you're so far behind, you're actually catching up to yourself. So... Oh, sorry. <laughs> so, But if somebody wants something that's a little bit more custom... It's definitely possible for sure. Like we just invested here into a really high quality industrial 3D scanner. So we'll be able to reverse engineer stocks a lot more rapidly than we have been in the past. And that should help us turn over more different types of models and make it easier to do one-offs. Right now, one-offs are just Take a, a lot, of time. lot of work. <laughs> to go from zero to one is extremely difficult. For us to go from one to 100 is effortless afterwards. But the, the zero to one is a massive hurdle to jump on pretty much every stock because there's so many weird features that need custom tools there, and jigs. And the, the model is completely drafted in digital space and well, it, everything's measured and brought in and then we have to test cut it and make sure it all fits. And well, like you, as you see is our, our test cuts with the glued together blanks and everything. And, at the end of the R&D period, when we're happy, we have a model after six or seven tries and we're happy we've got something right. Well, then we've got the piece that we sell. 
as versus just doing that to sell one stock. Well, that that can get expensive for that one stock. Yeah. Um, as we bring things more into our catalog and as we have interest in things, it's like, oh, there's a lot of people interested in this. Well, then it, it's been worth going, well, okay, well, we're going to prototype this one next and, and, and bring it out. But uh, as, like, as you said, with the scanner and everything, it makes it a lot easier to go from, well, nothing to something in a fraction of the time. Yeah. So we'll definitely be open to a lot more custom work in the future here. But at the moment, we've been trying to just focus on production work just because it's the only way we can pay the overhead at the moment. So the one-offs, it's hard to pass that the R&D cost off onto the customer. It's like you don't want to spend $2,000 on a, a single stock because it takes us, you know, 100 hours to go from zero to one. Where mm -hmm. when we can make something over and over again, then we, we can blend out the, the R&D cost over making more multiples of the same stock. And then we don't really have to charge the customers that. We can more just charge it on what we feel is a fair value for what we're trying to produce. So more yeah, just material sure. cost and time it actually takes to manufacture is kind of more of our factors than anything else. You get lots of the, the old timers and stuff that like to scoff at our prices and think that our prices are eccentrically high. But when you start to try to produce four high quality parts that are all in high resolution and actually get them from zero to a finished part and shipped out and in your hands with free shipping in North America, it's like, I think we offer pretty fair value and, in today's world, it's like just the cost of the raw materials is so expensive now in comparison to what it used to be, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. You get the guys that are like, oh, I bought these things from a military surplus for $30 a piece, you know, like 40 to 40 years ago. It's like, well, yeah. <laughs> that doesn't even buy the walnut to go into the block before you've even begun to touch it yet. So it's, yeah. it's kind of just a factor of today's world, you know? Yeah. Now, you guys uh, offer more than just the Lee Enfield stocks and, and rifle stocks, right? Have you guys gotten into, like, grips or anything like that? A, a little bit. We've uh, done a little bit of the Colt 1911 grips, just more playing. But they actually... They're easy enough honest, to, to make, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they haven't... We, we just haven't had a lot of interest in them up yeah. there, really. I don't so know if, it, if it's more just that the market's saturated, but we make, like, really nice book match sets where they're actually cut from a single block and they're actually like matching side sets side. from side to side so once you get them right. we've got a couple of, these ones are really nice to do and really nice exotics like black and white ebony and stuff like that which is just like phenomenal pieces but these are like cut from a single piece and then manufactured so we actually keep them in together through the whole process so that that's like a single block that those grips came from cool and like our fit up and stuff's really nice on them we just really don't move a lot of them to be honest hmm. i think there's just there's a lot of people making colt 1911 grips out there yeah. and lots of really fancy and, and, ones and, and we seem to get all the traffic for the 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 pre and post-war rifles at the moment. Yeah. So. <laughs> I don't know if it's maybe just the demographic that comes across our page is more people that are looking for the M-field type stuff and only see that we have the grips and stuff like that as an after fact maybe, but that's hard to say exactly. Hmm. But 
there's really no limit to what we can make and we're happy to make almost anything that people want but it's, you just got to know the people want it <laughs> yeah 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 well you put an original in our hands we can reproduce it and we can spit it back out the door nowadays and it's getting a lot easier and a lot faster for us to do that so it's just come with years and years of practice and trial and error and just keep pushing so yeah yeah fantastic well i mean you'll you'll have a, a built-in audience of Lee Enfield stock buyers for, for many years yet, because like we were saying, there's so many of them in Canada and, <laughs> and in the U S and all those people will eventually want to turn something into, turn those into something, right. Turn them into something cool. Um, where yeah, do, uh, where do people uh, hear about uh, prestigious? Where, where do they uh, find your products to buy them? Um, mostly I would assume just through Google searches and stuff like that. We have a Facebook page and an Instagram page. But I think most of our stuff just comes from our online store, which is just prestigiouswoodstocks.com. And I think people are obviously finding us from all over the world just using that. Probably Google is probably our good friend. And, yeah. <laughs> and I think yeah. just with the amount of traffic that we get, I think our, our site and stuff's fairly optimized for it. And it just seems to attract the, those kinds of people. We, yeah. We, we're probably going to be getting more into advertising as time goes on and we get more models and things. It's, uh, but as of right now, it's been passively growing while we've been <laughs> building it. And up, it's yeah. just been, been kind of just growing with us as we go. So yeah. it, it's been a steady climb together. Yeah. Yeah. That says something about your product, uh, quality of your product when it, when it sells itself and you don't need to advertise. Mm -hmm. Word of mouth is enough to keep you guys uh, busy and, and burning the midnight oil, cranking out Lee Enfield stocks so. and, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. all day oh, long. We appreciate that for sure. So yeah. We do yeah. focus on quality and we're really picky about what we roll out the door as an A grade. There's lots of times where you're really saddened when you cut a beautiful piece and it comes out in one little knot or a check or something opens up in the mm -hmm. blank and you're just like, oh. Oh well, I guess that's a B grade. <laughs> On to the next one. Yeah, it's just it's like sad face. Yeah, it comes with the territory, but <laughs> yeah, we've gotten sure. really good at working around it as best we can. But we're we want to have we want people to be extremely happy with what they get, and so we're really picky with what we roll out. And if it's not quite good enough, well, it's just not quite good enough. So we Fantastic. push it off to the yep. side and sell it as a B grade, and make another one for customers that want A grades. So. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Okay. Well, when the episode goes out, we'll be sure to put a link to prestigiouswoodstocks.com so that any of our listeners who, uh, who hear and want to refinish their Lee Enfield and go full wood on it, uh, can, uh, can seek you guys out and, uh, we'll link to your Facebook and Instagram as well. Awesome. Really appreciate much. it. And yeah, if there's any other custom models or gun stocks that you'd love to see, shoot us an email and we can definitely work work it out if we can get an original in our hands we can reproduce it and be able to make them for the masses for everybody to be able to enjoy so we're really happy we're glad we were able to get into helping out the lee enfield family but we're happy to grow and help out many different demographics of different types of gun stocks so perfect all right thanks for coming on the show awesome. guys well we really appreciate you. you guys this time and you guys have a great day you, you too we'll thanks for coming on Listener feedback. Listener feedback is sponsored by Armory DC Gunsmith. Armory DC Gunsmith is a full-service gunsmith who specializes in firearms refinishing. He offers hot bluing, parkerizing, and Cerakote finishes as well as wood and refinishing. 
Check out his online inventory of new used guns, firearms, accessories, optics, and more at dcgunsmith.ca. Do you think you would do like a, a Lee Enfield stock? Think you would refinish one of those? Oh, probably. Yeah, or probably. Throw Why some uh, some boiled linseed oil or raw linseed oil. You have to do the raw yeah, first, and then boil. Yeah, you're the raw, raw. soaks it in. Gotta give it to it raw first. Boiled mm-hmm. seals it. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's it. That's what so, I. Yeah, heard you can find Facebook and Instagram. Get your Leanne Field stock finished. Whatever you like. Raw. Uh, Facebook. Like raw. <laughs> okay. Don't think. Circle back, boys. We're <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Uh, following up with facebook along the way emails um super gal you want to take this one okay so it says hey guys and super gal that would be me i guess uh i was i think it was episode 412 you guys were talking about how about some one how about someone uh was handling their gun well i think it was more better by the way, I love it when they uh, they use your your new name. Somebody <laughs> used somebody used um half it's, it's slowly growing on me. Anyways, okay, <laughs> all right. So going back, uh, I think it was Mo Betta. Uh, he was downrange, and uh, he said that it was a common sense that you wouldn't be handling your gun while anyone was downrange. Period. It was Kyle. It was yeah, me, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Uh, would you guys mind going over some more common sense safety uh, stuff? Because common sense isn't common anymore. Nope, kidding. Uh, even the basic stuff like trigger, muzzle, discipline, uh, safe transport, uh, eye, and, eye and heating protection. I think that's supposed to be hearing protection. Uh, for some people, uh, it's been a year or more since they've been to the range, and it's kind of scary to watch. P.S. Uh, safety is everyone's responsibility. If you see something, say something. Just be nice, though. Thank you. So we can uh, we can put this as part of. Yeah. Do we want to talk about some of it now, or do we want to make it as as a um, as a main topic? I think it's a great idea. I think it'd be a good main topic. Me too. Oh, I'll add one in just for right now because they were talking about muzzle discipline, and it's a real easy, quick one to cover. Mm-hmm. And you see it whether it's at the range or whatever. People, oh, my firearms loaded, and start waving it around. Doesn't matter where they point it when they're putting it in a case or whatever. Mm. Don't I don't care if it's unloaded. Don't point your muzzle anywhere yeah. other than downrange. Yeah. The absolute. If you never want to get in trouble for etiquette, you take your cased firearm to the, the bay you're shooting on. You make yeah. sure that there's no one downrange, and the whatever range protocol says that it's a hot range. You unzip your gun. You take it out of the case, facing downrange. You pop yeah. it on the table, and you do the reverse when you're going home. Right. And you take your targets home. You don't leave yeah. them up on the target boards. You cl- okay? Yeah. We are doing this then. Okay, yeah. You clean no, up after yourself. <laughs> not just at the bench. Like if you're going out for skeet sporting clays, where you're not actually at a bench, when you're coming out of the stand, don't just break your gun open and wave your barrel at people. Mm-hmm. It happens but, a lot. Yeah, but that's a good thing. You have to have so if you're a skeet or, or trap or whatever, make sure your gun uh, it's open so people can see it. And yeah, don't point it. Biggest thing is don't point it at people. Trigger, he said trigger discipline too. Uh, always keep your finger off the trigger until you actually see your target. I was going to say it the Maple Sea way, but I didn't. Um, one of the biggest things is be aware of who is around you. So if you're on a firing line, designate somebody to be an RSO and then 
that way there's going to be less people playing with their uh, rifles while people are downrange because whoever they are so knows how many people are on the range and where people are. They usually call the uh, line hot or not. So it's a big thing. Eye and ear protection. Mm-hmm. You need it. Always yeah. wear it. Always keep some with you. If you don't have any, ranges typically have it in at the range. Extras, just in case. Always a good idea. Never uh, know what's going to happen. Yeah. People are getting... People are scary, though. Ooh. What you were talking about, it happened at a range uh, I was at, and uh, somebody was down at the 100. We had it... So the range is one firing line, so it had 25. Uh, sorry, 25... In the middle was 100, and on the other side was 50, and somebody was on the 25, uh, and people were downrange at the 100, and people were shooting at the 25, while oh. people were downrange, and we were going, oh, no! Wow. And, yeah. yeah. People came back. Those people lost their privileges to the range, and the guy actually Good. didn't... didn't the guy, the guy that was doing the shooting, he says, what? You're downrange. It was on the 100. We're on the 25. You're good. No, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't no. work that way. So he got thrown out of the out of the range and he lost his privileges at that range. Good. So you yeah. Right, so, please, no. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of scary when you think about it. Yeah. I well, wouldn't want anybody shooting. Also consider that someone who is that lax in secure in, in safety will also be doing other things that are lack lax in safety, yeah. like yeah, potentially bagging a gun with um Maybe the chamber's empty, but the mag's loaded. It's like, oh, the chamber's mm. empty. Like, it's fine. Yeah. Well, how many guys do you see do an unload show clear? Like, how many new shooters do you see do unload show clear? And they rack their slide, don't pull the mag. Rack their slide, pull the mag. Yeah. Show and clear. Then they yep. again. And yeah. then they step one first. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm obsessed about it before I leave. I check it five times before I put anything away. So. You know, yeah, don't want any mistakes. Yeah, we, should th- we should think I mean, about yeah, this. It seems some common sense, but it's, don't handle, don't touch a firearm while people are down range. Even if you're at twenty five or a hundred, they just don't do it. Don't point yeah. your gun at people. Don't handle it when people are down range. Step back from the firing line because a lot of people get yeah. nervous. Mm-hmm. Even if you're just sitting there and going, "I'm not touching yeah. it. I'm not going to step back and, from the firing." line. It doesn't matter how experienced you are. You you know you. Okay, you are very particular with everything. You know you, but you want to adjust something. That person doesn't know you. Yeah. They don't know how meticulous you are. So just put everyone at ease. Mm-hmm. They don't know you. You don't know them. Just nobody touch anything. Mm-hmm. If sense. somebody if somebody does do this, don't be afraid to say something and don't be afraid to report them as well. Yeah, for sure. Have a yeah. talk, nice talk conversation. Hey, because... I'd rather you didn't do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, that's that's against the rules. Like when someone's down range, you have to back up from your rifle. If you if you like phrase it uh, simply and assertively, yeah. most people will be like, "Oh, uh, sorry, I'm I'm new here. I don't know." Or they could yeah. be like, "No, it doesn't matter. It was unloaded." And then you report them. Yeah. Like you got to give yeah. someone a, an opportunity to learn something. And I think yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, everything everything's like a, a a teaching opportunity, right? A lot of people. Uh, especially around Alberta here, like they've been shooting out, out in the back forty or something like that, where there's no rules, and then they go to a range, and there there's actually like quite a few, quite a few rules, and and 
depending on how the onboarding goes, maybe they didn't have to take a test or something like that that proved that they knew those rules. So, mm-hmm. but be aware of the rules. So, for example, what calibers a lot, uh, what caliber you can use on that specific range, mm-hmm. that needs to happen. If you're shooting steel, what is uh, what your rules are on that particular range or in that province for shrouding different different things like that. And what's steel rated for? Nothing worse than shooting uh, some steel and, you know, all the way through and you've just ruined, you've shot it and your bullet goes all the way through and you've just ruined that steel for other people. So, well, I'm not I like sure. ranges that make it easy. I like ranges that have like the rules on the bay, like big yeah. signs and like yeah. big, easy to see stuff because. Sometimes you forget. Sometimes it's just easy. It's it's great to have those mm-hmm. reminders that are that are like really obvious. Well, and I'll just say, like, and a lot of I'm sure a lot of people don't do it, but when you go to a new range and you get your membership, read their standing orders. You get you're given your book, mm-hmm. whatever. Actually, read them because range, ranges are very different on what you can do at each in, in particular range. So actually, read through that and understand that. Ask the questions if you need to. No one's going to give you a hard time if you ask a question. Some of them vary quite a bit on uh, ceasefire. So on ceasefire with some of them, when you're going to go down range, some of them say like, oh, yeah, just leave your gun with the action open on the table. That's fine. Just don't don't go near it. Go back behind the line or whatever. Some of them will be like, nope, you rack it. You put it on the gun rack behind and there's no guns pointing down range. Uh, so that, that part varies. Um, yeah, there's actually quite a bit of variation in there. I mean, like, I don't know. The only ones that you're gonna, are going to really get you in trouble is handling or even close to your firearm when people are downrange uh, or muzzle control or like Kelly was mentioning there, using the wrong caliber on uh, on steel or, or targetry that you shouldn't be using and wrecking stuff. Wrecking stuff is is a, a sure way of getting out, get, taking your 12 gauge and, and cooking off uh, some buckshot into <laughs> into some wood stands and, and destroying them in short order is, is going to get you kicked off. Yeah. Or taking your SKS and taking your SKS and shooting playthrowers. That's a that's another good way. (laughs) (laughs) The SKS is a tool of destruction on most ranges. Most ranges have a very like hate relationship with guys with SKSs because they're cheap. People show up with their crate of ammo and they start shooting everything they're not supposed to. (laughs) Well, they actually went out to the five stand and started shooting clay machines. What? This is not. Does this look like a rifle? <laughs> they take an old computer out and they like throw it on the ground and they just start shelling it. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cool. Okay. <laughs> I think is there any other common sense stuff we need to cover? Or... I think Maybe that's like pretty much God. It's it. a main topic. Maybe it's a main yeah. topic for a different yeah, day. I think sense it, it should be common sense, but people don't have it anymore. Yeah. Just like the writer said. So, don't think we have anything from Instagram. We don't have any Facebook reviews. If you would like to email the show, send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. And if you'd like to become a Patreon supporter, you can find us on Patreon. And if you have signed up to be a Patreon and haven't received your patches in the mail after a month, please send us an email with your address saying, hey, haven't gotten this stuff. And uh, send a good reminder for Adriel's slave slash kids. <laughs> uh, shout outs. Start from the top. Adriel, you got any? Youth workers is I think what I call them. Youth. Uh, 
It's more appropriate. <laughs> uh, yeah, just shout outs to, uh, to Lethbridge for having us out there and, and setting us up so well. That was fantastic. Uh, shout out to Steve for, uh, for coming out there with me and helping me out with that event and making it a success. And uh, I'll have more next week. Yeah. Kelly? Okay, so uh, I also want to give a shout out to all the IITs that helped out last weekend. Fantastic job, as I said earlier. Uh, also to the Stittsville range. Uh, without them, we wouldn't have had half as great of an event. It's a really good club. So if you're in the Ottawa area and looking for a public range that you can just go to, uh, they're a range that you can do that. It's first class as well. And then finally, I want to say happy birthday, Josh V. He's one of our regular listeners. He's here in Kingston. And it's his birthday today. So I just wanted to give him a shout out because I know he's going to be listening tomorrow. Hi. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Josh. Happy yeah. birthday, Josh. And that's it. Mo? Uh, I guess uh, shout out to all the great people I met at the two matches on the weekend. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Match directors, the ROs, and just the shooters. That's it for me. Okay. I got a couple. You? One, I dropped the ball last week. I thank the organizers at Battle Alberta, but I failed to thank all the sponsors who supported that match. However, they supported it, whether it was food, prizes, whatever way. So thank you to all the sponsors who sponsored the Battle of Alberta to help make that event even better. And then for this week, Cody and Tanner for being awesome squad mates and helping me laugh a little bit out in the stages. Lyle and Bill for the awesome targets they set up for the weekend and everyone else involved with making the match happen from food, registration, tallying the scores, everything. And then of course the sponsors who made the prize table happen because the club wasn't spending any money. So it was all sponsored. So thank you to the sponsors to put prizes on the table. So guys had something to go away with. And with that, we're going to sign off, so go check us out on Gun Orders of Canada. Give us a like on Facebook. We're at basically 2,800 as of today. Give us a review on Facebook as well. Join the CCFR, and we'll see you next week. See you, Night. Night. Later, Gators. So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun.